Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and in today's episode, we're talking with Hugh Culver. Hugh co-created the world's most expensive tours. He went to the South Pole and, and, uh, and other places, and he's presented to over 1,100 audiences as a professional speaker. He's the CEO of SOS and the author of Give Me a Break, The Art of Making Time Work for You. And uh, Hugh, I'm really excited to have you here. You've done a lot of really interesting things, and I'm excited to learn more. Welcome. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so a tour to the South Pole. That's pretty interesting. You, you, you've clearly done some things that that uh, others may not have uh, have have ventured to do some some exciting things. And I know in doing that, um, it probably wasn't a straight line to get there. So uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit about um, your background and, and the path that got you to this point in your career. Sure. So, well, I started out as a young guy in tourism, uh, working for my brother. We had a whitewater rafting company. And as things tend to go in my life, Steve, I was looking for what the next thing was. And the next thing was Antarctica. So I, I joined up with three other guys. We created the world's first airline in Antarctica. It still actually is operating. It's called Adventure Network International. It's wow. a big, successful company. And it was just like sort of one thing led to another. So with our rafting business, we kept adding on bigger and bigger projects until we became the largest in Western Canada. And then we sold that company. And then the Antarctica thing, we went from zero, like literally one rented airplane to a fleet of four airplanes and customers from all over the world. And it was just sort of a natural evolution. But it really did teach me about building businesses, but also in uh, creating companies that you could actually sell. Okay. And, you know, that's that's the goal, I think, for everybody that starts a business. I mean, you start off thinking, I'm going to build this thing, and ultimately one day there's going to be a big payout. But, uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is most never make it to that point. And I, I think, right. I mean, they don't, really. I mean, if we're honest about it, we all have that, you know, I think we all have that dream if we're running a business um, because the payday is really alluring. But... Um, right. but the payday doesn't happen unless you do all the things that lead up to that. So, um, yeah. and again, I know that wasn't a straight path for you. I'm sure. What are some of the things that, that you learned along the way? Um, I could, because I know you had to probably push through some difficulties to get to that point where you were able to, to sell those businesses and have, have the success that you've had so far. Sure. So, I mean, I have to admit the first two sales, I, I, I was not in any kind of an enlightened space. I was head down doing all the work and uh, resenting anybody that didn't work as hard as me. So I, I really was not a CEO. I was just a hardworking guy that happened to own the company or be a partner in the company. But I think that over the years, it's been a long time now. You know, I went to graduate school. I started up this business in training. And I think that I would say in particular, Steve, if I'm being totally honest, which I want to be, uh, you know, it's really the last five years that I've really assessed my uh, energy levels, uh, what I want to actually build in terms of revenue and team. So I have eight people now working for me and what I need to do to be smarter <laughs> and uh 
And so I'm not particularly looking at selling the business, although I have a very sellable product now because I've gone from being a solopreneur as a speaker with like two staff to being someone that has eight staff and a, and a you know regular reoccurring income. But I'm more interested in just being smarter. So what I really value in my life right now is uh, is the time I get away from the company, the time that I get to go and write another book. I really value my time with my wife. Um, and I'm really interested in still building a company. So, so you know, I was just writing a blog this morning about this, about how I was in this trap for so many years where I equated busy with success. And I actually looked for examples to prove that I was right. So I would look at busy CEOs, busy executives, and I would say, well, there you go. You know, that's the evidence. And so I need to strive for more of that. And it really has taken me a long, long time to realize that that's just stupid. Like, it's just stupid because not only does it burn me out, it sets everybody up for failure. So nobody can nobody can keep up with me. So nobody is going to feel good about their achievements. I'm going to look at them with some kind of a comparison in mind. So it's just stupid. You know, one of the things I'm most proud of right now is when I find a job and give it to somebody. And I mean completely, like where where they actually write the instructions. You know, we have a routine in our business with SOPs, which you know all about, standard operating procedures. And my favorite thing is that someone on my team uh, who has the capabilities, there's a need, will write the SOP. And then when we talk, I'll say, well, that sounds good. Why don't you go edit the SOP? But I never touch it. In fact, I never look at them. So to me, that's the ultimate that I'm looking for right now. Yeah, that's that's the best advice around creating that documentation in your business ever is have, have the person doing it uh, do the documentation. Really interesting. Um the, the way you just described the things that you want to do, that you've kind of moved away from this mindset of having to be the busy CEO all the time. Um, I was talking with our mutual friend, Dove Gordon yesterday, mm. and, um, and he, he brought up a point really around understanding. He said the, the, the thing that he finds with the business owners that he's working with <laughs> that, that they really struggle with is really understanding what they want. Because it's we we're inundated with all of these images from social media and from the press and and all these successes in business that we see, and we think that that's what we should want, and mm -hmm. that's not always what we really want. And and uh, and I think there's a lot of tension there in in people. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're having a really hard time making something work, I think a lot of times uh, it, it comes from the fact that they're trying to do something that they don't really want. And they haven't really thought and gotten clarity around that. That's very good. I think there's. I think that's very good. I think there's also a fear factor, and the fear could take the shape of I don't like losing control, or the fear is I want everything to be perfect, uh, or especially for people that start out as doers and then became leaders, the fear is it won't look like the way I do it. You know, so I think it really requires a lot of introspection and maybe a bit of pain to recognize that putting in longer hours is just really a recipe for failure. And it may hit you when you're 50 or when you're 60 or when your partner leaves you or, you know, when the kids leave home and never want to call back again. So I think um, it's hard. It's hard for, I think, particularly males to understand that um, they're uh, story is leading the ship. It's not their it's not their logical brain. It's the story that they've made up, and it may come from watching their dad. You know, it may come from some mentor they had early on. But the people that I really admire right now are the ones that have tons of time for for sure exercise and fitness, and for also 
uh, reflection and then rewriting the rules. They rewrite the rules. So we're having a planning session next week. So the four main people in my company are going to get together. And what we're going to be looking at is how do we just rewrite everything that we're doing with our SOS uh, business. We've been at it for five years. It's very successful. Company, our, you know, Our customers love it. And I don't think it's good enough, so I want to rewrite it. And 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 what that's going to mean is we have to be basically willing to kind of burn the ships and say, you know, just because we did it before doesn't mean, you know, it was a simple thing is this year we switched to U.S. pricing. I bet we debated that for six months <laughs> to switch from Canadian pricing to U.S. pricing. You know, we're in Canada, but what we noticed is everybody in Canada charges in U.S. dollars because that's where a lot of our customers are come from. Well, we debated that for six months, Steve. And then when we pulled the plug and did it, nothing happened. Everybody just started paying U.S. dollars. Like it was – so my point is that we hang on to these old stories um, and it doesn't necessarily serve us. Yeah, I, th I think that that runs rampant and not just in business. I think that's part of the human condition is right. that uh, we, we get tied to what we know. And even if it's not ideal, the fear of the unknown is so great sometimes that, that it's, it's totally. hard to make that leap. Yeah. So – you mentioned that <clears throat> about five years ago, you uh, sort of had this enlightenment. What triggered that? Well, part of it was I wrote a book. So I wrote, you know, I, I wrote a book called Give Me a Break. And as you know, that's a big effort. And you kind of get this, you know, this big, um, you know, win when you get the book out and lots of good things happen. But it also made me realize that, wow, that one piece of effort has had a huge multiplier effect on my business. It made me more valuable as a speaker. You know, it made me more credible as a, uh, a coach and consultant. It allowed me to then start coaching other speakers. Uh, and so I th it just made me wonder, okay, you know, at that point I was about 55 years old and I was just starting to wonder, well, okay, well, what else would be a big leverage effect in my business? So all this grinding away with emails and, you know, and, and all the minutia didn't make that kind of effect an impact that just spending a couple of months working on one project did. And so, yeah, I think that was maybe one of the tipping points for me was why did I wait so long? And, and, and so for people listening to this, it could be basically getting, getting past yourself and hiring one really good person who's actually better than you rather than a bunch of minions who you can, you know, happily delegate stuff to. Like, what if you went out there and found someone that actually, it was scary how good they were. Like, they were so much better than you. And you paid them really good money to basically take a lot of junk off your plate so you can actually be much more strategic. You know, for, for, for some of you, it may be to go in and look at the 2018 calendar and say, I'm going to take three weeks off to get my act together, but I'm going to do it in a way that I come back, not just by lazing on the beach, but I'm actually going to maybe create something while I'm there, or I'm going to learn Spanish, or I'm going to learn, you know, I'm going to um, go and learn how to surf. Or So you can satisfy your need to learn, but you're going to actually do something that is scary. Like you're going to put it on the calendar and you're going to take time off. You know, so what is it that you need to do that's going to create a leverage effect in your business? And, and I just keep looking for more of those. Well, it, you know, a lot of people will go around asking, they're going to hear this and they're going to ask, well, how do I know what that is? Right. So how do you go around yeah. and find that? I mean, did, how did you know the book was going to do it for you when you wrote the book? Or did you know? 
Yeah, well, it's a great question, Steve. So I, I, uh, I didn't know. I had no idea what it was going to do for me. I just knew that this is something I'd been putting off. And so I started talking to other authors. And what I pieced together in my mind was it's not that big a deal. And that what they would constantly say to me is once it was over, I wonder what the big fuss was. So I thought, okay, well, look, I've you know, been able to co-create flights to the South Pole. How hard could writing a damn book be? And, and, you know, so what is the story I'm telling myself? Oh, authors are different. That's the story. Well, that doesn't serve me. So what I started doing is talk to authors, and I realized, no, they're just like me, right? They procrastinated. They fumbled around. They didn't like it. They, you know, so I, okay, well, they're just like me. So why don't, so I, I guess I could just take the first step. So, you know, one of the first things I did was I, um, I just uh, uh, phoned a printing company. I said, give me a quote. So now I knew what I was talking about, right? So I think that experimentation, I, I really am a big advocate of signing up and taking courses, especially live courses where you fly somewhere and you actually are in a retreat or you're at a conference and you're learning and experimenting and surrounding yourself with your, you know, people that are different than you. Like I, and I get really excited. I, I actually leave next week. I'm going to a conference, right? There'll be like, you know, 250 people there and it just stimulates me. And so I think that just showing up every day is a fool's game because you're just going to get more of the same nonsense that you've already, you know, um, created for yourself. So you, you got to do something that just either by, you know, I, I, I'm a big advocate of having a mastermind group, but really make sure that in that mastermind group, those people are better than you. Like you do not want to be the smartest person in the room. And, so, you know, and so if, if, if your mastermind group is boring you or you hear the same stuff every, every week or every month, get out of it. Just save yourself the time because you're fooling yourself thinking that that's actually serving you. All you're doing is you're just getting bored. So get stimulated. Be around people that, that challenge you and scare you and put something on the calendar. That's fantastic advice. We're going to be right back with more from Hugh. Hang on one second. We'll be back. We've got some really exciting stuff to share. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right, welcome back. We're here with Hugh Culver. Hugh, um, that last bit of advice I think is is priceless. Um, in fact, um, I encourage folks to go back and listen to it again. Write down uh, the, those three steps that that you you gave everyone. Um, and what I'd like to do now is talk a little bit about the things that you've got going on in the business now because um, I think they're exciting both because the service is great that you're offering. Um, and I know we've got at least one of our clients who, who is now a client of yours and, and also because this, the pivot to this new model that you've got in the business is a little bit unusual. You don't see a lot of people going to what we call done for you services now because it seems <laughs> like it's a lot of work. So, uh, but I think it's a good one and we've made a similar pivot. So, um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how that's working. Well, first I think, thanks Steve. So first of all, I think that We've been going through five years of online, 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 and I think that um, the bloom is kind of off of that formula. 
And I do get inquiries, as I know you do, every week from people that want to know how do I create an online course because, you know, they've had some modicum of success doing it live and now they say, oh my gosh, I'll put it online. The challenge with online um, or, or those kind of programs is that it's hard to get people to complete them more so than ever before. Maybe when they first started, all the Lindas and Udemy courses of the world, people completed them. But I think now people are much more likely, even when they pay $2,000, to quit halfway through the course and never complete it. And so there's a real there's a real break in accountability there. There's an accountability break for the student, of course, because now they feel bad. Man, I invested $2,000 or even $19, you know, or even $197, and I didn't fail it, didn't finish it. So now they, they feel bad, and that just builds on their their break in their self-confidence. Then there's a break in accountability for the person that designed it, because basically they have to convince themselves that it's okay to have failure, because they have no way of measuring it. So I thought, well, I was really interested in promoting my blog, because I like to have more traffic, and I'm going to work so hard to write a blog post. So I created a, a system where I use my social media to get me more traffic. And so essentially I started posting every day to my social media and I saw, wow, my traffic is going up. And so then I tried outsourcing it and I realized the problems with outsourcing overseas. So then I looked for people that live right where I live. I live in central British Columbia. I live in a beautiful part of the world. It's very hot and dry here. This is where all the, the orchards are and all those ski hills. And so there's a lot of fantastic people here. And so I started hiring people here and now we have clients in five different countries that use our service. So they pay us every month and we read their blog and then we actually post to their social media accounts and we let people know about that blog. And we also include curated content. So this done for you service to me is a really amazing opportunity for people to look at with their business. Because if you've got any kind of intellectual content or any kind of um, solution that you provide, Maybe there's an opportunity for you to actually do the work for the client. And so there's some obvious examples. People come and clean your house. They come and cut your lawn. You know, that's obvious examples. A plumber comes to your house. That's a done-for-you service. But what about in the intellectual service? Like, what about in the training service, you know? So is there some way that you can actually do the work for you? So. So some great examples, well, I mean, some of the ones that really got high profile would be, say, uh, Hello Alfred, uh, which was created by these two women that met in Harvard, and they created this, it's actually a technology company, but what's cool about Hello Alfred is they've gone, you know, multiple steps beyond just house cleaning. Now they will do anything for you. So when you subscribe to Hello Alfred, you know, if, if it's available in your city, you can basically get them to bring balloons to your wife's wedding. You can get them to decorate your house before you arrive home for your kid's birthday party. You can, not your wife's wedding, that was stupid, your wife's birthday, <laughs> you're already married. Uh, so, but you can, of course, they, they'll run off and get your laundry. They'll go and do errands for you. So the idea is for a busy person living in an urban center, this is going to reduce your stress level. And for not very much money, basically you've got this assistant working for you. So that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create a done-for-you service that um, basically reduced the hassle on this piece of a person's business that they didn't have any other solution for other than DIY or trying to outsource it themselves. Yeah, I, I think it's it's such a smart approach because you're seeing so many people now get educated through all these courses. And when they go and buy the course, they don't necessarily want to go through the steps themselves. Most of the time, they don't want to learn any of it. They want the result at the end. 
Right. And that's right. Um, right. What I right. find, particularly if you're selling to business owners, most of them already have a full plate. They're not. There are aren't very many skills that they're going to take on for right. themselves. And so, if you can come in and offer them something that frees up time, and you know the the monetary exchange for the time is is something that is is reasonable that they can wrap their head around. Uh, right. It's a it's an easy sale. It's a situation where once you get a client, they never go away because they can't replicate that, nor do they want to replicate that service. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So here's an example. So uh, uh, Trevor Turnbull has just become a client of ours with SOS. So what Trevor does is rather than teaching people how to use LinkedIn, he'll do it for you. You see, so this is the flip that people have to make, Steve, is they have to say, well, for example, if I teach a course right now, what part of that could I actually do for you? In other words, yes, it's great that I educate you. See, so Trevor also can teach you about LinkedIn. Like lots of people teach you about LinkedIn. But that then that then basically presupposes that you've got the time and the energy and the motivation to go and do the work. And this is where the formula falls apart. So people happily pay $2,000 or whatever it is to learn about LinkedIn, but then they, they don't do it, you see. So Trevor, as one example, says – I can teach you, but you can all also hire me and my team will do it for you. So whether that's adding followers or it's actually mining your list and these sorts of things. And I think that for people listening to this, they just need to think more creatively and ask themselves, okay, what part of what I sell right now could we actually do for you and maybe even charge a premium amount for, premium amount for that? But what would happen then is that I'm fully accountable for the results I produce. Right. And I don't have to worry about you finishing a course or all that. I don't have to chase you down. And if you do it correctly, you don't have to even promote this thing every year because they keep coming back to you every month. Yeah. Uh, th and that that is, the I think, the most important reason to do it, because you're, mm. you're fulfilling a need that that is right. always there. It's continuous. And exactly. it, it makes the whole process of building the business so much easier because all of your sales efforts then are compounding. Yeah, and there's obvious examples, right? So for example, as a coach. So as a coach, you could get paid every month to work with that person's employee or to work with them. So that's a that's an example we're very familiar with. But I think now in our online world, there's lots of other examples that nobody's really tapped into because a lot of people are trying to, you know, like basically, what about someone that basically manages your inbox? That'd be a great service. So, so the inbox goes to this person first, and then you only get the important stuff to look at. So rather than me having to filter through or create rules or unsubscribe, this person will go to my inbox first before I see my inbox. You know, so it's looking at what is it that we're inundated with that is basically slowing us down, and can I create a service that solves that problem for a person, and they got to pay for it. But but as you said, Steve, once they start paying for it, they're not going to go away because why would you ever want to go back to the old way you used to do it? Exactly. Right? And uh, so the I think the fear that people have a lot of times in going down that route, particularly if it's a skill that you have. So like in the case of SOS, you had a method for Correct. promoting your blog, right? So yeah. it was a skill that, that you had developed or an intellectual property that you had developed that you were applying to your own business. The fear is now I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this for 10 people or 20 people or however many. And how am I, how is that ever going to scale? And that, of course, that's the big buzzword now. How am I ever going to be able to do it? That doesn't seem like a good use of time. 
That's right. not what you've done. That's not what we've done. Um, and, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you've taken right. yourself out of the process. Yeah, that's very good. And so, of course, for a short while anyways, I did it myself. And that was, you know, obviously a nightmare because once I got past three clients, I couldn't I couldn't keep up. So then, I try, as I mentioned, I tried outsourcing, but I realized, okay, yes, I can save money by going to the Philippines or India, but the quality was horrible. So then once I came to the conclusion that I was really looking at North American staff – which was actually in my mind kind of exciting because I one of my goals, Steve, is to provide really great income for a lot of people to work from home, which is what we're doing right now. You know, so we're just getting started with really there's there's eight people on the team. Five of them are the writers, but I could see us having 50 people. So once I understood where the talent was going to come from, the next part was the systems. Because I recognized that this was never going to be successful or profitable unless I had really tight systems. So I had to look at how I remunerated. So what, what's my pay structure like? So I realized I can't afford to pay by the hour because then I'm spending too much time basically trying to, to uh, get on people and look at their efficiency. So I paid by the job. So I, then I had to figure out, okay, what's every task? And there's a lot of little tasks. So I, I put a price tag on every task. And then I, then I realized, okay, well, once I do the sale, I don't really want to actually manage it. So I needed to have a person that onboarded and manage the clients. And so one thing kind of led to another. So once we had the first 20 people, we basically had figured out the scalable system. And from that point on, there was really, there's really no end to how big this can go. Uh, because basically just by using third-party on, online tools, we can actually manage you know, hundreds of people and just simply add more and more editors to it. So for me, it was you know, thinking in systems way. So I was always thinking my first 200 clients. So what would I have to build for my first 200 clients? Because, and, and of course, what I had to do was continually remove myself from anything that had to do with daily management of those clients. And so now all I think about is marketing. I don't think at all about operations. And the one of the best things I did with the business which was, um, we started 18 months ago, was Tuesday calls. So every Tuesday, we look at our statistics. And so every Tuesday, someone on my team has to update all the numbers. And that's the first thing we do on our phone calls. We look at all the numbers, and then we can actually um, make some intelligent decisions. And then we look at our existing campaigns. And then finally, we look at wh what, are our, what are our next steps. And so that weekly phone call changed everything for our business. Wow. So how long did it take you to pull all of that together to go from, it was just you doing it. And then you started to, to you made the switch yeah. to, to the North American yeah. VAs and, and, and started to systemize, systematize things. How long did it take for you to get it all kind of documented and, and in place where you felt like you had a, a system that could deliver the results that you expected at, at the level of quality that you, you expected. Well, it's, well, it's really, <laughs> and maybe this will really be a good teaser. So it was profitable in month one. And by the first year we we're making a hundred thousand a year. So we're doing, you know, small six figures and it took 10 months to figure out that system. So the first 10 months was just like experimenting and trying to find people and, you know, and also to be, to be, to be, Phil, the whole picture is also finding the right clients. And so after the first 10 months, I started to realize we can't just take anybody because they're not going to be successful. There's certain requirements that the client has to have. Like, if, for example, if nobody's following them on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, it doesn't matter how much we how much we post, no one's going to see it. So we started to put in a pre-qualification now. And so once we started to find 
what's the ideal client? You know, I remember um, listening to, um, you know, um, one, you know, a very, very well-known speaker who you know as well. And he's, you know, he basically said, how did I become successful? Is I found clients that were most likely to be successful. And I worked with them, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, so I realized, yep. okay, well, I can't accept everybody because I was spending a lot of time sitting down for coffee with people and on the phone with them. And I realized, okay, if I just pre-qualify my clients before they actually come to us or before I say yes, we're going to have a lot more success. So that all that took about... 10 months to 12 months, first year. Yeah. And and that's not uncommon. We see that a lot um, with the businesses that we work with that as they're rolling out yeah. something new, there's just that period of, of exploration, experimentation before you really get right. it dialed yeah. in. Yeah. And, uh, but that, I mean, that's fantastic. It's great success. So um, I'd love for you to share a little bit with folks about, um, about SOS and, and, and what it does. I think it's a great service. Um, and uh, definitely want them to, to, to know where they can find you. And, yeah, and thanks, more. Steve. So, it, it, you know, and I, I'm actually surprised. I have to tell you, I'm surprised not no one else has figured this one out and, and actually put this together. I see it in slightly different areas like Pinterest and whatever, but I've never seen anybody do it the way we're doing it. So it's very simple. We read the client's blog every Thursday. So one of our team members is assigned to you. And that team member may have three clients or 13 clients or whatever their load is, and they're assigned to you. And every Thursday, they go online and they read your blog. But they also are looking at previous blogs you've posted, and they're also looking at your most successful blogs. Because what we've come to understand is that if you've got a blog, and maybe it's from even a year ago, and it's actually had a lot of social shares, then we're going to give it more juice because that means that it's going to bring more traffic continually. So we look at your latest blog, your most recent blogs, and then we look at your greatest blogs. And then we add in curated content. So every client provides us with a list of safe sites, in other words, non-competing sites that we can go to. So typically it's like Brene Brown, Inc., Huffington Post, Forbes. So we will also go there and about 20% of our content will come from those. So we'll search the web for articles in the last month that were published on those sites that relate to your business. So if you're a leadership expert, we're looking for leadership articles. If you're a customer service expert, et cetera. So we take all of that and then we go on Twitter four times a day. So four times a day, we're posting for you on Twitter. So one of those will be curated. Three of those will point back at your blog. So all of, and once a day on, we're once a day on Facebook, once a day on LinkedIn, once a day on Google Plus. And so all of that is $197. And that's all the client pays. So basically, we're, it's, like, it's like hiring a person who's a social media expert, but you're paying like six bucks a day. So that goes on year round. And then we provide you with analytics. We provide you with free coaching. We give you advice on how to design your coach, how to design your blog to be more successful. Because after all, we have this whole data set now that we can look at. And right now, we're averaging 10% monthly growth to your website traffic. So for basically six bucks a day, your website will continually get more and more and more traffic, which you can then capture into your list. You can you can capture as inquiries. And what we're doing, because we're sharing your content, we're actually pre-qualifying your inquiries. In other words, only the only people that come back to your site are ones interested in what you wrote. So it pre-qualifies the kind of people that it's very different than say throwing a couple of thousand bucks on Facebook advertising and hoping that Facebook's algorithms make (laughs) sense. 
we're, we're sharing right. the best of your blog. And so people that want to read that and click back and read it from Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, they are your best people, right? And so then your job is to capture them and then to move them towards a sale. So that's what we do. That's brilliant. And, uh, you know, at that price point, it, it, it literally, I, you know, you hate to use the word no brainer. People use that a little too much, but having, having done a lot of, of that right. work ourselves, I know what it takes. I know what it takes to do it. Well, it's not easy to do it well. Um, and, uh, and, and so it's a great value for the money. And, and, and if you can get that kind of traffic growth, uh, it, it, it's, you know, if you look at that as, as a form of essentially paid advertising, it's just done through a, a different, you know, through organic posting. But but that's essentially what you're doing is paying for that traffic boost. Um, you'd spend an awful lot of money on ads. You, you would that. and or fr being frustrated with, you know, here's what we see a lot, Steve, is, uh, you know, I just uh, had a, um, a consulting company in Seattle sign up and she's got 12 employees. And she said, compared to trying to get blank name Jane, you know, on my staff to do this consistently, this is Again, a no-brainer because for me to coach Jane on something I don't really understand myself is a waste of both of our time. It, it frustrates me. It frustrates Jane. And, and what happens is we go to our monthly meetings and it's a disappointment. Jane doesn't know what to measure. She doesn't really know what she's doing. And it's, it's like, you know, why would you give a staff member work that someone else can do better at a lower price point? So that's, that's the solution that we're creating, you know, and, um, so it's, it's at GetSOS. GetSOS.net is where people can find out about it. And I'm just excited because I think, uh, again, if we loop back to our in our conversation here, Steve, I just think if other people look at these kind of solutions, they're there waiting for you because what's happened in the last mm -hmm. decade is we've become inundated with online responsibilities. Yeah. You know, it. the, the business that... that I own now is my second business. And, um, and in the first one, um, it was a licensed professional right. service. Um, we were doing, you know, engineering type technical stuff and, um, and our clients couldn't do it. I mean, they didn't have the appropriate certifications and, and qualification to do it. And I, you know, I was sitting around thinking about a year ago that that model is, it's the perfect model. We had clients with us, for 25 years in that business because they couldn't do the work or didn't want to do it. It's not that they couldn't afford to go hire people and bring them in staff and do it. They had no interest in that. Mm. Um, it wasn't their, it wasn't their core business. Um, but you know, looking at the longevity, mm. it just got me thinking like, you know, everybody wants mm. the result. Nobody wants to do the work. They mm. want the result. If you can deliver the result and you're an expert at it, then your job isn't necessarily to deliver the result yourself, but to build right. a system that to architect the system that delivers the result. And if you can do that, you can create a really lucrative business that's very stable that kind of gets you out of all this noise that's in the market around courses and other things. There's nothing wrong with courses. I mean, we, we do have a course that we sell, uh, you know, lots of people sell courses and they're great, but, um, but I think there's an opportunity yep. to, to, Go to a Very level. good. And a, and a great place to start is to look at your own pain. So what yeah. is it you're frustrated by? So again, 
You're frustrated because you spend so much time sorting through emails in your inbox. You know, you're frustrated trying to find files in your Dropbox account. You know, you're frustrated trying to put together your slide deck. You're frustrated. You know, there's just there's dozens and dozens of things. And listen, it's not going to be for everybody. But for the people that have that as a reoccurring frustration as well, you've got a money-making opportunity there. And what's really great is that there's this fantastic relationship you'll create because you're delivering goods. You said this, Steve, like you're delivering goods. The results can be measurable and the client's going to want to come back again. And so, yeah, I agree. There's nothing wrong with great online courses. There's nothing wrong with educating people. I mean, I still get hired as a speaker. I'm going out there to educate people. I'm not doing the work for them. I'm I'm, I'm entertaining them, I hope, and I'm educating them. But at the same time, <laughs> there's a lot of services that people don't want to do. You know what? When I call someone up to come to, to my house, I, I don't want them to teach me how to cut the lawn. I just want them to cut the lawn and go away, right? You know, that's just – it's just one of the – it's not – I don't need to know how to do everything. Sometimes I just want to hire someone and get the damn thing done. And, you know, we see this all the time now. People that will create your podcast for you. So you just do the recording. You put the you put the um, the MP4 file into Dropbox and you go back to your work. Like I think that's brilliant. That's worth five hundred dollars a month or whatever it is. Like th mm -hmm. those kind of services. I think we need more of them, and I think it's important for people to clearly articulate this is the boundary of my service. So one of the things when I was creating SOS, Steve, was I, I tried it really hard to avoid scope creep because mm -hmm. people would say, well, would you write my blog post for you for me? No, sorry, we don't do that. Will you consult with me on my blog? Well, no, well, I'll help you. I'll give you some free advice, but no, we're not going to get into that. You know, would you know, so – we, we started out with like three packages, small, medium, large, because I thought that's what we're supposed to do. It just complicated things. It made our sales cycle really slow. We lost clients. We, we really, frankly, didn't believe that the small was any good. And the big was too hard. So, so we went with one package. Like we have one thing. We have one price, one thing. And, you know, maybe we're losing some business, but the reality is we're much more profitable because of it. And I think our quality is much better. And so clearly articulate the boundaries of what you're going to provide. I do not, I, my advice is don't try to be everything. Don't try to be an all-in service. You'll be crappy at it. You know, that's, that's for other people. Like what you want to do, if you want to scale it, as you say, this is what we provide. We're extremely good at it. And this is the price point. And now you'll be able to scale it and you'll be much more profitable because you can also then clearly, um, and you know, control your costs as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you just, be, yeah, you just become absolutely. an all in one jackknife type solution. And it's just going to, it's going to drive you crazy. Well, and yeah, when, when you go down that road, you end up being, just a there consultant you go. Yeah. where you're, you're doing, you know, one-off services and there's very little scale. It's very hard to get the same level of quality right. on everything that if you focus and if, if you put and those I think boundaries it, in place. And I, I think, think it's exciting, right? Like it's exciting. Like it's a great whiteboard exercise. You say, okay, here's, here's a problem I'm going to go and solve. And now how can I do this in the yeah. most elegant way so that I have clear yeah. boundaries, I have a clear price point and the client clearly understands what the ROI is. Like they understand the value proposition and the ROI. And, and, and so what is that package? And then go ahead and market it. And I think that once you, you put something like that together and test it out with 10 or 20 clients, you'll start to be able to quickly refine it and, and create profit. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I love it. So the the website for SOS is getsos.net. And I know you have another website for your speaking. Uh, you're an excellent speaker and you train speakers. Um, so where can they go? Thanks, to find Steve. Out more about so that's that? at my name, which is Hugh Culver, C-U-L-V-E-R.com. So HughCulver.com. And there's lots of videos on there as well. All right. Perfect. So we'll link both of those up in the show notes. And Hugh, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've, I've really enjoyed the time we've invested together. Thanks for for uh, spending some My time pleasure. Thanks, Steve, for asking. This has been enjoyable. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.